Business Desk Today is the podcast for New Zealand business leaders. Your daily business briefing from the team at businessdesk.co.nz. Good morning and welcome to Business Desk Today, the daily podcast with a summary of our top stories for business people on the go. Today is Monday the 15th of May and I'm your host, Jock Steenkamp. In our lead story this morning, managing editor Patrick Smalley looks at the New Zealand space firm Zeno and how the company has booked $78 million in sales to satellite companies for its groundbreaking Super Torker product before delivering a single unit to any customer. In an interview with Business Desk, Chair Peter Crabfoot and the product's inventor, Max Arshavsky, said the burst of pre-orders is proof a company has created a product that will disrupt one of the most important elements of satellite control, the ability to point it in the right direction. Described as, quote, the world's first superconducting supertorker, end quote, the product is entering a part of the space industry that hasn't seen any innovation in the last 60 years and comes at a time when there is explosive growth in the number of small low-orbit satellites being launched according to Crabtree. Our next top story comes from journalist Brent Melville who writes that airlines are making hay while scrambling to put more planes in the sky. In the story, Melville explains that the slow return of global airlines to full capacity reflects an initial hesitancy to get international fleets airborne, and many have now been caught flat-footed by resurgent global travel. Lufthansa Consulting, an airline advisory division of German airline Lufthansa, said this has had the impact of keeping the number of available seats at suboptimal levels. The company suggested it's also a root cause of significant recent jumps in ticket prices, along with inflationary cost pressure. Meanwhile, Air New Zealand's chief executive Greg Foran said the airline had been one that had misdiagnosed the recovery in travel demand. That had seen domestic demand spring back to pre-pandemic levels, more flights into North America and a bounce into the Asian network, now at 117% of prior levels. Moving on, and senior journalist Paul Macbeth writes that the heightened regulatory scrutiny over the retirement village sector may see a clampdown on some practices, but the cost may be reduced competition if it raises the barriers to entering the market. The Commerce Commission last week confirmed it's investigating complaints that firms have breached fair trading law, but isn't saying anything further. Advocacy group Consumer New Zealand lodged its complaint in September 2021, accusing village operators of misrepresenting claims of guaranteed aged care in their advertising, but not in the contracts. The Retirement Village Residents Association of New Zealand lodged a broader complaint the following year, claiming occupation right agreements fail basic fairness principles, such as in the way capital gains are treated and when fees terminate. Retirement Village and aged care operators largely declined to comment, with the details of the investigation hazy and the regulator yet to contact them. The industry group, the Retirement Village Association, said it was puzzled by the complaints. You can read more on this and other stories mentioned today on our website at www.businessdesk.co.nz or download our mobile app. Time for a quick break and word from our sponsor. (laughs) 
Journalist Dalipa Fonseca writes that a company owned by once prominent property developer Terry Serepisos owed $45 million to Australian investment firm Alcyon Group. The first receiver's report for Titanium Trustee Management has been released by Neil Jackson and Brendan Gibson of Caliber Partners. Titanium Trustee Management was placed into receivership on March 13 and it owns the Century City Hotel in Torrey Street, Central Wellington. The receiver's report withheld the current market value of the Tory Street building for reasons of commercial sensitivity, but the site currently carries a rateable value of $24 million. Moving on, and a Ministry for Primary Industries official has told a group of MPs the market needs to get to a point where farmers are getting between $5 to $10 per kilogram for strong wool. While prices for fine wool, such as merino, have performed well in recent years, it has not been the case for the strong wool sector, according to journalist Riley Kennedy. Demand for strong or coarse wool, which is made into products such as carpets, has suffered because of strong competition from synthetic fibers, a lack of capacity for development and industry fragmentation. In some cases, prices have been so bad there have been reports of shearing costs exceeding that of what farmers were selling wool for. And lastly, don't forget to listen to Frances Cook's award-winning weekly Cooking the Books podcast. This week, she talks to lifestyle influencer Sabi J, who explains how a side hustle could make you hundreds of dollars while only needing a few hours of your time. Our top stories published this morning include Lipa Fonseca's weekly column, Ian Powell's opinion piece on how the pressure on hospitals is already intense, and Cameron Bagri's opinion piece on whether budget deficits are back for longer. A quick look at Friday's market close and the New Zealand share market closed the seesawing week with a gain of nearly half a percent as it looked positively ahead to the latest financial reporting season. The S&P NZX50 index finished up 0.43%. There were 66 gainers and 61 decliners over the whole market. And lastly today, don't forget to test your smarts in our daily Quizness Desk quiz at 9.15am. Here's one of the questions to get your brain working. Which river flows through more countries, the Nile or the Mekong? That's all from me, Jock Stenkamp, and I hope you have a very productive week.